Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You're listening to KCBS In-Depth. Everyone is facing these huge, life-changing moments. The people, places, and issues the Bay Area is talking about. I think it really is important for folks to reach out to people so they can know that they're not alone. We don't know how long all this is going to go on for. And from an emotional standpoint, psychologically, that's a really difficult, difficult thing to grapple with. This is KCBS In-Depth. Since the pandemic began, California has been ramping up its efforts to address its homelessness crisis. And there's been no shortage of new programs and grand pronouncements. People want to see things change. They want to see it change now. I get that. But while a lot is changing and a lot more people are getting help, thousands upon thousands remain on the street desperate for a home. And the stress is, it creates, it, it kills you, you literally like we're the undesirables out here, you know, like we're thrown out like trash. Welcome to KCBS In-Depth. I'm Keith Menconi, and today on the program, we're going to be checking in on one region where the pace of change on the homelessness front has been particularly fast recently, Santa Clara County. There, hopes swelled last month with the announcement that county leaders are launching an ambitious campaign to end family homelessness in just a few years. I'm excited to share that we have more than 1,000 homes in the pipeline right now that will be dedicated to homeless families opening in the years ahead. This is our opportunity to make sure that no child and no family needs to sleep outside. But even as that plan takes shape, the housing crisis in the South Bay remains intense. Just take the example of San Jose, where a federal mandate is forcing the city to clear out a massive homeless encampment of some 200 people. And with limited housing options in the city, it's not clear where these unhoused residents will go. We get out of here, we don't don't know what we're going to do, you know, or where to go, you know. They can't continue doing this. It's, It's not helping. It's not helping us psychologically, physically. Give them some type of option. And the options are not there. 
So, to help us better understand the promise and the perils of this current moment in the homelessness crisis, we're going to welcome on now three people who've been working to tackle this crisis from a number of different angles in Santa Clara County. First up, for some official perspective, we're going to welcome on now Consuelo Hernandez. She's the director of Santa Clara County's Office of Supportive Housing. Consuelo Hernandez, welcome to KCBS In Depth. Thank you, Keith. Also welcoming on Jennifer Loving, CEO of Destination Home. That's a homeless policy nonprofit based in San Jose. Jennifer Loving, welcome to you as well. Nice to be here, Keith. And last up, welcoming on Richard Scott. He is a longtime advocate for the homeless uh, who formerly supervised a mental health treatment and case management team uh, for the homeless run by Santa Clara County. He is uh, currently a volunteer and a board member for Gray Solutions. That's a San Jose homeless services nonprofit. Richard Scott, welcome to you as well. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. So we're going to talk more about the uh, many plans and projects that are coming online in the South Bay in uh, just a couple of minutes. But first, really want to set the table uh, by getting a better sense of how far the crisis has progressed. Jennifer Loving, starting with you, we know that homelessness was reaching record levels in the South Bay before the pandemic began. Where are we at now? Uh, that's a great question, Keith. You know, uh, it seems like so much in the media, it keeps getting reported that homelessness is exploding or homelessness has gone up. And in the, we recently did a, a survey of, of people living in encampments and the numbers have actually stayed somewhat similar. So uh, not at all minimizing that we have thousands and thousands of people on our streets suffering. Uh, but I think the, the something that is a little bit hopeful is there was so many protections that went into this last year with the eviction moratorium and rent relief that hopefully at least uh, uh, so far this year helped keep people from losing their homes. Yeah, so potentially a sign that all this hard work that uh, has been going on is paying off. Um, although uh, sticking with you, Jennifer Loving, there there is a lot of concern that many folks that may have been on the edge before the pandemic are at even greater risk of homelessness now that they've gone so many months uh, in sort of economics, teeting on the economic edge. Uh, it's really true. You know, uh, uh, for so many people, when when COVID began, you know, a little over 18 months ago, they lost all of their sources of income all at once. And, and thank, thankfully, there was a whole army of nonprofit organizations in our city and county governments that pulled together and provided cash assistance, rent relief, food. Uh, the moratorium that was extended, but that expired in the end of September. And so I think we're really going to see what happens next in the coming months with families as, as you know, there's no more protections keeping them from losing their homes. Yeah, right. And uh, turning to you, Richard Scott, I know that in your work, uh, you're often visiting encampments several times each week, uh, providing some uh, direct services right there. What would you want to add to that picture that we're getting uh, about, you know, how homeless folks are doing right now in Santa Clara County? Well, I don't think things have improved much at all in the encampments. In fact, they've gotten worse because the city and the county refuse to set aside any kind of uh, generally called sanctioned encampments. I don't care what you call them. All you need to do is stop sweeping and then provide services. That is not happening. Uh, some of our politicians in the same sentence talk out of both sides of their mouth, supporting the homeless and, and then voting against anything that would will help them to stay stable. I see a, a major problem that is happening is the increased use of methamphetamines and the fentanyl crisis that is just destroying people on the street. My main concern is what happens to people that are on the street to improve their lives. And I don't see that improving at all. 
You know, Keith, I, I think that's the problem, Richard, right? It feels like things are so much worse. And, and do you know that in the last 18 months, 4,800 people were housed off the streets? And about, I think it was, Consuelo can correct me, but about 8,000 people moved into shelter. And it just, and because uh, for so long, the encampments were not being swept, uh, it, it, to me, it feels like it looks so bad, but then these numbers are also true. Uh, yeah, Richard, uh, your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, it, it may well be what Jennifer is saying is true. Um, but we have so much talk in this town about building transitional housing and trying to build our way out of it. People are going crazy while they're waiting. Their lives are deteriorating. People are dying. So that that's the level at which I am concerned. I don't think it's necessary to be chasing people around town and just, you know, they say, why don't people get a job? Well, you can't leave your camp to get a job because someone will come steal all your stuff. Um, so people are fearful all the time of leaving their camps to get whatever services might be available. Yeah. All right. So some uh, uh, significant concerns there, and we're going to have more time later in the program to uh, dig more into that and uh, get some more perspective. But uh, I do want to actually talk about some of the specifics on the programs that have been put in place, are being put in place, and what that picture is going to look like in the years uh, ahead. So uh, zeroing in on Santa Clara County, I mean, I know that there uh, has just been a flurry of activity in coordination with the state, in coordination with the federal government since the pandemic began, uh, whether we're talking about uh, plans to convert more hotels into housing, whether we're talking about uh, new temporary housing sites uh, or uh, the ambitious Heading Home campaign, which uh, we mentioned at the top of the program uh, and, as we said, is aiming to end family homelessness in the region by 2025. So uh, Consuelo Hernandez, again, with the county's Office of Supportive Housing, uh, a lot of stuff happening, a lot of stuff uh, has been happening and uh, will continue to happen. Uh, what do you think that uh, average listeners should know about uh, the county's efforts and uh, how this is all taking shape in the South Bay? Thanks, Keith. I think the big thing to note is that we are moving on all fronts. Um, and as Jennifer and, and Richard have alluded, the problem um, visually does seem like it is getting worse. Um, but we have over a thousand apartments that are being constructed right now, a thousand homes for previously unhoused families, individuals, and that work has started six years ago. We are aggressively trying to access state dollars through the Home Key program, and we continue to see resistance from local neighbors that don't want, quote unquote, this type of housing in their community. Um, there's gaps in the system. Our homeless family, our homeless individuals are aging. Um, and when we think about um, living on the streets, there's a chronic age and then there's um, the age that happens when you are living in the streets for so long. Uh, a new article was published that um, the, new, the new 50 is 75. Um, and so really it's trying to understand what is happening with our homeless population? How are we designing programs that actually respond to the needs of them? Um, how do you include them in the conversation um, and build homes, um, both transitional as as Richard mentioned, um, and quickly, because the issue and the challenge is it's, it's urgent what we're facing right now. All right. And uh, uh, sticking with you, Consuelo Hernandez, uh, discuss, if we could, uh, briefly the Heading Home campaign. Again, the goal is to end family homelessness by 2025. Uh, the way that we're hoping to get there is with the help of hundreds of housing vouchers supplied by the federal government uh, that are going to secure housing for families in need. Uh, we've been the county first announced that county and other partners first announced that uh, about uh, a month ago. And uh 
you know, pretty pretty big goals right there. Uh, tell us what we should expect, how this might look different from campaigns that we have seen in the past, because, uh, you know, we have seen a lot of them. Thanks, Keith, for the question. We the There's four critical strategies in the campaign. One is leveraging emergency housing vouchers that are coming through the federal government to our local housing authority. Um, we are pairing that with state dollars that are also coming in to address family homelessness. Um, through that, we would expand rapid rehousing programs to serve um, an additional 200 families a year and really start to focus on why people become homeless. What are the root causes? How do we prevent that? How do we expand our existing homelessness prevention system to serve 2,500 households annually? Um, and, and by 2025, introducing these new programs like housing problem solving that diverts people from shelter, preventing them from becoming homeless in the first place. And as I mentioned earlier, um, continue to build affordable and supportive housing. The issues of homelessness and affordable housing are interconnected. We are in this situation because we do not build enough affordable housing in our community. We are in the most expensive area. Um, and so really looking at those um, those reasons um, to prevent people from becoming homeless to begin with. All right. Just uh, want to reintroduce you all again real quick. Once again, you are listening to KCBS In-Depth, your weekly deep dive into the events and trends shaping life in the Bay Area and beyond. I'm Keith Manconi. Today on the program, we're looking at the challenge of homelessness in the South Bay and what it's going to take to really make a dent in this problem in the coming years. Uh, Joining us for that conversation, we've been hearing from Consuelo Hernandez. She's the director of the Santa Clara County's Office of Supportive Housing. Also hearing from Jennifer Loving, CEO of Destination Home. And we've been hearing from Richard Scott, who serves on the board of Grace Solutions. It's a San Jose homelessness uh, services nonprofit. So, Jennifer Loving, uh, turning to you, I know that Destination Home is uh, involved in the Heading Home campaign, uh, supporting that work. Uh, I, I think I can imagine a lot of listeners out there would have the feeling that we've seen these press conferences, we've seen these announcements made before, and the problem of homelessness, uh, you know, whether putting the numbers aside, just the general perception that a lot of people have out there is that it's still with us, still uh, just as challenging as it's ever been. Um, What would you say to those folks that uh, are skeptical that this is a program that really could end something as big as family homelessness in uh, just a few years? So, well, let me first say that we continue to have a problem with homelessness because we continue not to Uh, work as a nation to provide housing for the lowest income people. Uh, Years and decades of gentrification, systemic racism, uh, the lack of wages meeting housing, and frankly, everywhere you turn in the Bay Area with neighbors saying no to more housing, we're going to continue to see people losing their homes. We have about 30 uh, uh, deepest level affordable homes for every 100 renters in the Bay. People are struggling, dying, and uh, barely making ends meet, and we are doing this unnecessarily to people. So first of all, uh, blame the root causes of, 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 of the lack of political will, the lack of funding for really decimating our lowest income families. It's shameful, and, uh, and uh, everyone should be ashamed for not solving that. So when it comes to family homelessness, uh, we know that there's about 600 families in our system who are literally homeless right now. We know because they are in our system, we know who they are. Uh, we have a, an additional thousand uh, subsidies. Uh, our, increase, our increased uh, housing vouchers, our housing subsidies, subsidies from the federal government, from housing and urban development, has gone up so incrementally over the last 20 years. I mean, we have 
we have gotten way less than even 5% increase in housing vouchers when we've had exploding income inequality. However, under the Biden administration, they made us available another thousand vouchers. We're gonna use all those vouchers to make sure that the families that are on our streets and in our system right now um, are able to leave homelessness. And we're going to be providing shorter term rental subsidies and homelessness prevention dollars for families that fall into homelessness. We know that about 600 families fall into homelessness every single year. So part of this will include a plan to make sure that if families fall into homelessness, they can quickly get back out. And, and can I add one more thing, Keith? You know, uh, uh, going back to Richard's comments about like, we're not doing enough, which is true. <laughs> you know, this week we brought a project to house homeless families to the city of Santa Clara. And there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of neighbors that spoke out not only against us getting babies and children off our streets, but, but spoke about it in the most deplorable ways, uh, uh, called people criminals and rapists and made all of these allegations about people that they don't know, people that are just poor. And, and we're actively uh, uh, organizing to deny uh, the most basic thing, which is a small, safe, stable place for a family to live. Yeah, I, I'd like to comment on a couple of things. Once again, this is uh, Richard Scott with uh, Great Solutions. Go ahead. I'd, l I'd like to know how the housing vouchers that you're going to get from HUD are going to be different than other housing vouchers in that I've known people who have had housing vouchers for years from HUD, but they just couldn't find a place to rent. So that, that's one thing. Secondly, with regard well, let's, uh, let's, to... Let's stop with that one thing. Uh, we, we can take these one by one. Sure. Uh, Consuelo Hernandez uh, with the county. Um, we, we have heard this concern come up from a number of people that uh, perhaps um, uh, landlords would not be willing to accept the vouchers and that it will be difficult to actually find uh, homes for all the thousand people that would receive vouchers. What sorts of thought have been put into dealing with that challenge? It's a great concern, um, and we are blessed in our community with a network of stakeholders that are ready to identify partner landlords um, that we can incentivize in taking our households. Um, that and there's legal protections that our county and other cities are exploring to make sure that landlords don't discriminate against um, voucher holders. Proactively, we're working with the Housing Authority to host an engagement event with landlords where we would invite them and offer them a one-time stipend for participation. Um, and we hope to have that in January and coordinate with the Renters Association. Um, we have a few cities that actually collect data from landlords um, and we have access to their information. So it will be a very proactive campaign. Also, our electeds are interested in um, the call to action to landlords um, and, and being able to provide them with a number to call or access to becoming um, a landlord in this voucher program. Um, so it's a great question. And I think we also have to educate and help the voucher holders. How do they um, you know, go over the barriers when they do face a landlord that doesn't want to rent to them? And it uh, sounded like, uh, Richard Scott, you had another question you wanted to follow up with or another point? Yeah, I wanted to comment on, on um, you know, first of all, I'd like to applaud what Destination Home and the supportive housing people do. I, I know that there's a lot of fighting between agencies and people like Destination Home, who uh, a lot of people accuse them of getting all the money and that kind of thing. I, uh, I think that 
people are doing what they can do. The agencies are doing what they can do. My concern is what Jennifer was talking about, the opposition in the community. And the opposition in the community can over, only be overcome by both our board of supervisors and our city council saying, we're doing it, here it is. Uh, every, what we have going on now is arguments between districts. Who's got the most uh, you know, homeless people housed in their district? We're not gonna get past that if, if our council members and our board of supervisors don't stop worrying about their own political careers and do something that is humane and necessary. So you're saying getting more transitional housing is a matter of leadership. Uh, how much, I mean, we've been hearing about uh, so many transitional housing projects coming online. Uh, Richard Scott, your sense is that still there's much more that we need and there's stronger leadership that needs to be shown to get there? Absolutely. Uh, as I said before, the thing I'm most concerned about is the people remaining on the streets and what they do with their lives while they're there. Um, some of us have begun talking about ballot initiatives to take it out of the hands of the politicians. And hopefully we can find support for that, where we'll say, you must do this or that. And we're, we would like to see, especially like in the fairgrounds, uh, the development of an Austin type community, first community, and other communities throughout the city. The city has untold uh, acres of land available as well as buildings they do not use that are sitting vacant all over the city. They don't work. One of their problems is that they think they need to micromanage everything and put it out for bid. They don't know how to use volunteers. My community in Willow Glen is full of professionals who could help if they you know learn to use folks like that appropriately. That has been done in other places. And it could be done here. Well, since we uh, have the county here, let's uh, get some county response to that. Uh, Consuelo Hernandez, again, uh, director of the Santa Clara County's Office of Supportive Housing, uh, hearing a call there to use the land at our disposal uh, to, you know, the greatest extent that we can. Uh, obviously, there is a lot of local opposition in many different cases. Uh, is there a role f- uh, to push these projects uh, more aggressively or to be more creative about the land that's available? Thanks for the question, Keith. Yes, in our community plan to end homelessness, one of the targets is to double double the number of uh, shelters um, in our current portfolio. And we as a county own property that could be used for interim housing. Um, In fact, our board recently approved what's referred to as a board referral, directing the administration to find sites that are owned by the county um, throughout San Jose and other cities like Campbell to look for opportunities to build these interim housing sites more aggressively. We've been doing an amazing job with uh, permanent supportive housing and affordable housing. And now there's interest from our board um, to think about the interim solutions. So I I would say, yes, we are looking at properties that are owned by the county that we can partner with cities to build interim housing. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. Uh, just have a couple of minutes left. want to reintroduce you all one more time. Once again, this is KCBS In-Depth. I'm Keith Manconi speaking about the future of the homelessness crisis in the South Bay with Consuelo Hernandez, who we just heard from a second ago, with the county. Also speaking with Jennifer Loving, CEO of Destination Home, and Richard Scott, who serves on the board of Grace Solutions. So, again, only have a couple of minutes left. I know uh, in speaking earlier with Richard Scott, there's uh, another concern that I want to get from you, uh, throw it into the mix, um, that being the number of sweeps that occur um obviously there are many instances where a homeless encampment uh pops up in a place where uh for whatever reason it uh, the, the problems ensue you know we're seeing that in with a very large homeless encampment next to the airport in San Jose but uh you feel like the sweeps should be conducted differently and perhaps more sparingly uh what is your critique of the way that we're dealing with sweeps right now i'll tell you a strange thing that happened to me as an example of what goes on I had uh, helped a group set up a camp under 87. We put uh, built a geodesic dome there, plus a lot of people had tents. The place was completely clean. It was the cleanest place around. And then they went and swept it. Why did they sweep it? Sweeps are not based on cleanliness. They're based on complaints. And if you live in an com- area that's close to an encampment and people complain, it could you know you could have had a the cleanest place in the world. That same thing happened with the Caltrans site over uh, by the Discovery Museum. Yeah, in the sweeps, the, I've made several films that, that with homeless people talking about how destabilizing it is, how incredibly uh, emotionally upsetting and mentally upsetting it is to be swept and never know when you can be there. And it's one of the... I think it's one of the greatest things that increases drug abuse. It's sort of like in the end, what the hell should, can I do? I, I, 
I feel terrible. That guy over there looks pretty like he feels pretty good. I'll try some of his meth. So the again, Richard, uh, another one of those instances where uh, perhaps the uh, we we are carrying out this policy because of you know political reasons or our sheer expediency. But uh, you were saying that uh, with the uh, destabilizing of effects that it has on people, it's actually serving to make it more difficult for them to get out of homelessness and uh, making the crisis more difficult to deal with. Absolutely, absolutely. You, you, I couldn't state it better. I mean, yeah. Keith, what I think what you're saying is we're solving homelessness policy by uh, solving it for people who aren't homeless, <laughs> right? And and exactly. that is the uh, uh, endlessly frustrating uh, component of our work, where uh, logic uh, about where to build a housing or do something uh, doesn't prevail. Uh, uh, people are so afraid of homeless people they're so they think for some reason that homeless people and they equate it with criminality and 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 that's really unfair because yes uh uh crimes happen in all income levels and in all walks of life anywhere basically that there's people you know and and so unfortunately that can happen across all income levels but that is not the uh 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 majority of who's on our streets and 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 treating people like there's that like like um they're criminals or that they need to be uh uh, out of sight, out of mind, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I want to say one comment mm-hmm. about that. Uh, last week ago, a number of us had a meeting, a Zoom meeting with Alan Graham, who is the director of Community First in Austin, which everybody, you know, touts as a great place. We asked him about crime and he said, we, he said, we do not have, we have no criminal complaints happening on our side. He says, the only criminal complaints we have are as, as a result of juveniles coming from outside and stealing stuff out of our community. And, you know, people, if you have nothing, you got to steal something to get, have something, right? If you have, people have a stable thing and they can, they know they're going to be there. They know they're going to have food and resources. Then they can get on with their lives. You know, the idea that people remain homeless because they want to remain homeless is just ridiculous. There are handfuls of people who have gotten so accustomed Yes. Handfuls, tiny little groups. Yeah. I think a lot of uh, really important points right there. Uh, We are going to have to wrap it up in just a couple of minutes, but I want to give one closing point to each of you. And uh, the question is going to be the same for each person. Just want to get your perspective, how hopeful you're feeling coming into the next couple of years that uh, we really can bend the curve on this and see the, you know, more people getting into housing and uh, real changes in uh, more people's lives that I think a lot of people have been hoping for for a long time. So uh, Consuelo Hernandez uh, with the county going to let you uh, have the first word on that. Uh, Hopeful for the coming years. Thanks, Keith. I think if we ground ourselves in the strategies that are in the community plan to end homelessness, that charges the course for what we should be doing, how we should be doing it, coordinating with uh, folks that are experiencing homelessness, and start to implement more fully the policies that are in the plan, because it includes everything that Richard was just talking about. How do you create programs now? How do you activate community? How do you change the narrative and not talk about people that are now housed as if they're still unhoused? Um, And I think when you start to bring, like Richard, you and I are on the same side, right? We're trying to solve the homeless problem. And how do we educate those that are afraid to solve the problem with us? And that's what gives me hope that if we start to focus more on we're solving the problem together, 
and we can do it. I've worked for local government for 20 years and I've never been more hopeful or more proud than I am today for all of the work that we've been doing. And it seems like it's an uphill battle because it is. Last week, sitting through hours of testimony from people criminalizing poor people, that typically drives you to stay away from the work. It has to drive us to continue it. Yeah. And that fire that we all feel to, to decriminalize and change the narrative, that gives me hope. Yeah. All right. Again, just a couple of minutes left. Uh, but Richard, uh, briefly, uh, your thoughts as well, hopeful for the years to come? I'm not very hopeful at all unless we do what Consuelo just said. We've got to reeducate our public that, that in fact, the house people are hurting themselves by, by doing, treating homeless people the way they do and treating the issue they do. And uh, Jennifer Loving, your thoughts? I think I'll just end with, if you don't like homeless people, that's not going to make them go away any faster. <laughs> so it would be much easier for you to uh, help us provide proven solutions that are uh, uh, moving people off the streets and people are staying housed. Uh, you know, every day people end their homelessness. This week, a woman and single mom, three kids moved into her first place in eight years. Can you imagine what that would be like to be on the streets with your kids? not having any safety or support and to finally have a place to call home. That's just what everybody wants. We all want the same thing. All right. Thanks, Keith. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you all. Uh, just going to uh, reintroduce you one last time. We have been hearing there from Consuelo Hernandez, once again, the director of the Santa Clara County's Office of Supportive Housing. Also just heard a moment ago from Jennifer Loving, CEO of Destination Home, and Richard Scott, who serves on the board of Grace Solutions. Uh, thank you to all three of you. Thank you all. Nice to meet you guys. Thank you for your work, Richard. Thank you, Jennifer. And thank you all for listening. For KCBS and In-Depth, I'm Keith Manconi. Stay safe, be well. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to KCBS In-Depth. Get every episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Visit kcbsradio.com for more news and interviews. We are the Bay Area's news station, KCBS. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.